So there's two famous words in Pentecost. One of them is hallelujah, and the other one is you may be seated. It's two most famous words, I suppose, in Pentecost. I must take a moment and express my appreciation and gratitude of even being allowed to come here, much less stand where I'm at. Certainly it's a great honor. I esteem these men very highly. I think a world of them. Of course, preachers like last night put me on the spot this morning. But that's all right. I love to be put on a spot. Praise the Lord. I, I guess one of the best ways I could express my appreciation and general like it be that I heard one time that um, is having a dog show and uh, said that um, people brought dogs from all over the world and um, said this feller um, had a little old dog that um, eat up with mange and fleas you know and a little leash around his neck and said he was half dragging him to the dog show and said that um, he had a ribbon around his neck a man met him and said, must be going to the dog show. He said, that's where I'm going. He said, well, have you ever entered your dog? No, never entered him in, not one time. Never won a trophy. He says, why would you be going to the dog show? He said, well, it's like this. He says, um, once a year this thing happens. And he says, I always carry my dog there because he gets to meet some of the best dogs in the world. <laughs> so, of course, I've come here, naturally, to meet some of the best um, preachers in the world. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Hit me. There's quite a few places in the Bible that's very major to me, and I enjoy it very much. In a time like this, I only have 45 minutes. That's a shame, isn't it? But I certainly will. I will be as loyal as I know how. That's let's see. And that's the same time it was yesterday. This time, so we're in good shape. Praise God, praise God, praise God. In the book of Matthew, excuse me, just a moment, don't, I mean, this is not yet, yes, but it's nice that you reach for it. And, uh, in Matthew, the 10th chapter and the 40th verse, 41st, 42nd verse, I noticed a very important part of the Bible there that Jesus said, he that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Now the next verse, it said that he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And by that I would like to say that you don't have to be a preacher to get a preacher's reward. But you do have to receive the preacher. And it's a known fact that this Bible declares that we cannot be saved without a preacher. And my saying is that a lot of people won't be saved with one. And that's sad. We're living in the time that I guess we should remember a lot of characters in this old book. And that is, Jeremiah was one of them. And he said in his book, the sixth chapter and the um, 16th verse, he said, stand ye, there, stand ye in the ways, and see and ask for the old paths. Wherein is a good way, and walk therein, you shall find rest for your soul. Moses was speaking to Israel in the 19th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, and the 14th verse, and he said, Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land the Lord thy God giveth unto thee. 
to possess it. I thought of the song this morning that started the service and it ran my mind to the 22nd chapter of the book of Genesis and that is where Isaac recognized that his father did not have a sacrifice and he brought his attention to it and he said father we have the wood and we have the fire but where's the sacrifice and the song this morning reminded me of the words of that old gentleman when he said God will provide himself God will provide himself a lamb for sacrifice and this is my always been my preaching that this is what God did in 2 Timothy 3 16 Apostle Paul said all scriptures are given by the inspiration of God and they're profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works and I'm just trying to get a few scriptures out of my way and I don't want them in my way when I read I like to get a few out between me and you so you know I'll you know you know okay second Timothy 4 and 2 Paul said preach the word now that's what he said and if I understand John 1 and 1 it said in the beginning was the word of course the word was with God and the word was God naturally the word was made flesh now if I preach that I'll have to preach Jesus Christ praise the Lord praise God because I, I must say that I see him all the way through the scriptures even though there's a great mystery in this but I marvel I marvel at men that God took notice or rather allowed them to speak and compile a book together uh, you know and give us a copy of it here and I marvel at the at the um, at the vision and the revelation that the Apostle Paul got I wonder about it in so much I remembered how that on this side the cross is where the revelation came from but it it was able to carry him on the other side of the cross and tell him a few things about what transpired back there and he said first Corinthians the 10th chapter in the first verse he said moreover brethren I would not have the, have you to be ignorant how that all of our fathers was under the cloud and they all passed through the sea and they all were baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea and he said they all eat of that spiritual meat and they all drink of that spiritual drink for they drink of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ praise the Lord and yet in the book of Luke the second chapter the 11th verse I hear the angel tell the shepherds on the hillside unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord well praise the Lord praise the Lord so I hope that you picked it up that I only believe in one God just one just one praise the Lord praise the Lord praise the Lord well thank God thanks elder I certainly give honor to all the pastors mainly especially first and uh, to our Lord and Savior and then all to the oldest saints it's an honor of ours to be here and uh, I will do my best to pay for that meal last night unless you put it on my motel ticket I hope that didn't happen because it's high enough I did want to say one more thing and I'm using just a little of my time I don't like to do that uh, but the haircut that I am wearing is not my choosing I sit down in a barber chair about a, about a week ago or better <laughs> and should better have been longer than it is now 
And I told that man just as plain as a fella could tell another what to do. I says, please, sir, just give me a trim. And I showed him. And you know, and all this, all this, yeah, he for, I don't know if he knew what a trim was. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think I asked for a fish and got a, got a serpent. <laughs> or a scorpion. That's profession, you got a scorpion. But I made up my mind that if I was a barber, I'd try to please the man I was cutting his head. And since I am a preacher, that's what I made up my mind to do, is try my best, satisfy God and those that'll listen. I've heard many times in my life, you know, people coming and saying, my life was a wreck. You know, when I come to God, it was a wreck. You ever heard that? It was a wreck. Well, you can take an old wreck car and put it in the right hands. And when they get through with it, you can't tell that it's ever been wrecked. <clears throat> you can take a ship that's far in the sea that no matter in the harbor of repair, no matter how beautified they fix that ship, but when it goes out there and gets torpedoed and comes lifting back into the the harbor of repair. Put it in the right hands. And it won't be long before you'll never know that this ship has ever been bombed. But in all in all, I know some more hands. Praise the Lord that I put my whole life in. Praise the Lord. And I want you to know I was a wreck when I came to God, but I'm not the man I used to be. I am not the man that I used to be. Some have another in the operation of his great mighty hands. Uh, he put me back together and he made a little something out of me because I was unlovable. I was no good, but I'm different today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to say this and then I'm going to read. And that is I'm amazed and astonished of God's beginning of humanity in the second chapter of the book of Genesis is where that I notice that God kind <clears throat> uh, of, uh, you know, made a man out of the dust of the earth and, and breathed in his nostrils and man became a living soul. And I, I remembered how he made a beautiful garden. And notice one thing, I know you've already noticed it, but let me kind uh, of revive it. And that is, in the second chapter, God put that man in that garden for two reasons, it looked like to me. And that was to dress it and to keep it. And the third chapter of the book of Genesis, I find that Adam failed to dress and to keep, and therefore he had to leave out because he failed to dress it or keep it. And then God put cherubim's flaming sword at the east of Eden to keep the way of the tree of life. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am that way. Praise the Lord. Please stand, will you, in reverence to God. The book of Exodus, the 30th chapter, I would like you to hear this, if you will. I pondered over about three places in the Bible, honestly, honestly and I have settled on this I wanted to preach in 1st Chronicles 11th and 12th chapter where Israel came to David and made him king he wasn't king they made him king every man with all of his talent came and proved it right before his eyes and I notice in the 12th chapter in the 32nd verse it said the children of Issachar were men, were children, are men that had understanding of the times. What Israel ought to do. Can somebody tell me the time? <laughs> we need the time of day, don't we? Exodus 30, in the first verse, through down through the ninth verse. Thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon of Shedom wood. Shall thou make it? A cubit shall be the length thereof, and a cubit the breadth thereof. Four squares shall it be, 
two cubits shall be the height thereof horns thereof shall be of the same thou shalt overlay it with pure gold the top thereof and the sides thereof round about and the horns thereof and thou shalt make unto it a crown of gold round about two golden rings shall I make to it under the crown of it by the two corners thereof upon the two sides uh, shall uh, two sides of it shall thou make it and they shall be for places for the staves to bear it with all and thou shalt make the staves of sheet and wood and overlay them with gold and thou shalt put it before the veil that is by the ark of the testimony before the mercy seat that is over the testimony where I will meet with thee oh I'd like you to note that where I will meet with thee Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning when he dresseth the, there it is thank God dresseth the lamps he shall burn incense upon it when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even he shall burn incense upon it it'll, he said it'll be a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations you shall offer no strange incense thereon nor burn a sacrifice nor meat offering neither shall you pour drink offering thereon would you allow me to read one scripture in Revelations 5 and 8 and this is what it said when he had taken the book four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors which are the prayers of saints everybody said amen, amen. you can either be seated or shout whatever you want to do praise God I know that if I used the text in this it would not fit my reading but somewhere along the line in the end of it it will probably come in real handy and that would be in Matthew the 26th chapter the 17th and 18th verse wherein the disciples went to Jesus and said you know time for the uh, he said where will you will you that we go and prepare for thee to eat the Passover and Jesus said go into the city to such a man and I'd like to stop right there and just keep that before you if it comes in handy we'll use it if not we'll just omit it okay but such a man and I hope that would run maybe further down the line into it and kind of halfway justify what I've read today such a man and I'll be talking about Jesus the rest of my time after we're through with this year here I noticed that in God's beginning how that he felt like he I suppose always wanted a church I guess he saw this time and I noticed in Hebrews 11 that all of these people that live by faith every one of them was looking forward no doubt to the time that you and I are living in in this hour and and if, if I understand the Bible correctly I believe I could find in the book of Hebrews 11 chapter 40, 40th verse and that is that after all of these people died uh, you know having obtained a good report died in faith not receiving the promises then it said God providing something better for us that they without us should not be made perfect and I wonder today but what the church has a responsibility not only for its time but no doubt it sets in a place that God requires of it possibly of yesteryears what I don't know I don't know I just feel like that we're responsible for lots of this dispensations of time praise the Lord when I speak of the church I hear Jesus said Matthew 16 and 18 upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it well when I think of that rock then I think of David in Psalm 61 and 2 David said when my heart is overwhelmed lead me to that rock that is higher than I 
for thou has been a shelter to me. I'm, I'm saying today that this rock has been forever. Oh yes, our God is the rock. Thank the Lord. And I notice here in building the tabernacle in the wilderness, I believe Stevens in Acts 7 called it the church in the wilderness. Well, anyhow, I noticed when it was all pretty well getting complete, then God had something in mind that he wanted real special uh, built exactly a certain way. And I noticed that he wanted it put in a certain place. Now, unless our altar will be no good, no matter how we build it, unless we keep it in the right place or know where to put it in the right place. Praise the Lord. And I notice here when, when Moses uh, received the instructions from God how to build this altar, was it very large? It was uh, just very small and square in certain way. And, and I noticed one thing that he said on this altar, there will only be burned uh, just sweet incense. Nothing else will touch that altar. Just sweet incense. Well, if I can involve myself a little in, in assuming that the reason maybe so was that uh, in the surroundings of that place, uh, it didn't smell good. Uh, it, it just didn't, brethren. It just didn't. It, it stuck outside. Well, I don't know if I'm out to preach this and detail it out or not. You ought to be picking up a thing or two maybe. But I, I'm trying to say that God never has and never will uh, ever uh, supposed to have to sit and smell of things that this world has to smell of. He's never sinned. He's never done wrong. Why should he have to be involved in the stink of our hour? Praise the Lord. He said, where I meet you, I want it smelling good. Well, are you, are you listening? Are you, are, you, are you asleep or something? Where I meet with you, I want it smelling good. Now he said, what I want you to do is set this altar right in front of that veil. I mean, when you offer, you, you look at me. <laughs> Don't have your mind somewhere plowing a mule. Somewhere back home doing things. But when you do this operation, then get your mind on where you at and who you're doing it to and the purpose of it and make sure you offer the right thing because you're not offered it to God excuse me to man but you're offered it to God and he said put it right in front of the veil well when we think of the veil we think of a very very serious place it looks like a three-foot wall ought to have been built there because it was so dangerous. But no, it was just a, just kind of a linen cloth type stuff. I, I'll take it away, if, uh, I won't say linen, just a cloth type stuff. Very flexible and if a man went behind it, uh, of course he was dead as you know that. You know that. Well now, today if you don't go behind it, you're still dead. You, you've got to go behind it now. You couldn't then, but you can now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so this thing was set there, and Aaron was to come in, the priest, and offer sweet incense every morning and every night. Let it stay sweet. Praise the Lord. Well, the reason I read the scripture in, in, in Revelation 5 and 8, uh, wherein that the four and twenty elders bowed had vessels, uh, you know, full of odors, which was the prayers of the saints. Well, if I got it right, them odors was incense. And if I have the rest of it right, incense is a symbol or emblem of prayer. 
Now I hope we're getting it together so it'll make a little sense. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. We're not living in the types and shadows anymore. But we're living in the day of reality. When all things that's made its way to the church of the living God. And if God thought so much of that place back there, which was in a sense to be done away with, how does he feel about where his name is today? Praise the Lord. I'm not talking about any kind of name. I'm talking about the only name that's given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm talking of a name that Solomon exalted and he said in Proverbs 18 and 10 that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runneth into it and they're saved. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh God. Oh God. I would. Oh yes. Let me keep watching this time here. Well that clock has turned completely backwards. Now we're right. All right. Praise the Lord. <coughs> and so if we do not, if we leave this, my reading in, in back on the years, it's no good to us. But let's bring it into our time. What do you say? Praise the Lord. <laughs> hey, uh, well, <laughs> I got to be careful, folks. I'm trying to say it, and I don't want to be tough, because I ain't tough. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I, I, I'm trying to say here that God was just wanted something that made him happy. Smelt good to him when he met with them. And in the 20th century that we're living in today, I'm trying to say that this is the same principle. Only I suppose it's far greater because the Holy Ghost is involved in this. The name is involved in this. The blood is in this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And when I say that when we come to offer our sacrifice today, and Paul spoke of that in Romans 12 and 1, and when we offer our sacrifice, please, when you kneel at your, at your altar, don't have something else in mind something like against your brother or against your sister or something that will damn your soul eternally when you offer to God offer something that'll make him happy offer something sweet God ain't gonna smell of nothing that stinks in this hour and I might as well draw you your attention to the fact that outside of the confines of this building, we're gonna call it church right now. Outside of the confines of the church, listen folks, can I say that it stinks out there. It is the same principle as it was back in them days. There is just as bad a smell out there today. And I'm glad that I came out of a world that no man ought to live in. No man ought to live in. Praise the Lord. Set it in front of the veil. Let me let me go on into that if I can. My Lord. In Matthew the 27th chapter and uh, the 50 and the 51st verse and down. Uh, the Bible said at his death, at the Lord's death, if this happened at his death, what in the world will happen when he comes back? I wonder what will transpire in the, in the, uh, in the resurrection or the rapture. Praise the Lord. But I remember it said here that when Jesus died, it said the veil of the temple rent from the top to the bottom. And it said the earth quaked. And it said, the rocks rent. And it said, the graves open up. This is at his death. The graves open up. And the saints 
devils asleep, the Bible said, rose up out to their graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. I am so glad that there has been such a difference in from that time to now. I'm glad it's just a little wheel. Let him come. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me go back and repeat this one more time. Centered in front of the veil where the ark of the testimony is. Right where the uh, mercy seat is upon. Right where I will meet with you. Hey, hey, hey. Where if God ever meets with us, he'll only meet us on the basis and terms of something that smells good. Because he is such a man. He is such a man. Now I'm saying man. I'm using it back there. Naturally we understand the quite difference there is now. But in, in that time. All right. Now then. Let me get into another scripture to here. And that is concerning uh, this prayer and this incense that is to be offered up. Now, one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible is in the book of Psalms 141 and the second verse. And David said, let my prayer go forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Come on, saints of God. We don't raise our hands for naught. It's not a vain thing. It's, it's not a task to me. But when I raise my hands, I'm using it as the evening sacrifice. As offering up something to God as evening sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's so many characters in the book that did the same thing. I can't help but to believe that in the sixth chapter of the book of Daniel, and that is of course where you know that these men were different. They believed in offering God something to make him happy, not the king. Praise the Lord of that time. And I remember that the king's word was as good as uh, his word was as good as him. Of course, he wasn't the only king. There was another king, praise the Lord, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had made a commitment to him, that's, uh, to their God, that the fiery furnace would not blemish their commitment. And I can't help but to believe, this is assumption, I guess, that when they, no, this is real, when they bound them hands and feet in their hats, hosen, and clothing, and throw them in there, flat on the, on the bottom, on the floor of the fiery furnace. They were laying there bound. But when the king got there and looked in, and he said, I thought I told you to throw three in there. But he said, there's another in there. And that one looks like the Son of God. Somebody asked me one time, Reckon how could he recognize that? I said God doesn't go nowhere unless he identifies himself. And that ain't all. He lets everybody know whose side he's on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I have a little message once in a while I'll preach you know and <laughs> I title it I title it a home for the homeless that's what I title it you know and and you know in all this business of homeless people I said that's not what I'm talking about but what I'm talking about unless we are baptized in Jesus name and filled with God's good Holy Ghost and talking in other tongues and then living a life after all of that, then we're homeless people. Oh, yes, we are, folks. 
This thing is worth waking up to. I said this salvation is worth waking up in the morning to. If you don't have nothing else to wake up to, this is worth it all. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank God. But the reason that fourth one went in there was not to find an exit, not to slip them out. All he went in there was to break them bands, break them. Them men was used to doing that. They couldn't do that this way. So I feel like they just loosed them so they could go ahead and offer their healing sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I remember so very well. Excuse me for a moment. I remember so very well the king uh, walked in there and said, Shabrack, right. me straight in the bed to go. Come forth and come hither. You know what I said? I said them men ought to told that king, we're not coming out. Come in and get us. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what they ought to have said. And everybody in this temple, this, this building today, you ought to tell the devil, I'm not coming out. Come in here, Jesus. I ain't coming out. Come in here and get me. That old boy's got better sense than to come in here. He ain't got no part of this. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the enemy cometh not but for to steal, destroy, and kill. But I come, but I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. God have mercy. Such a man. I said such a man. Glory. Praise God. Well, it's time to offer God something. Praise God. Thank God. Praise God. Once you sit down and shout, whatever you'll do. Well, I still believe in shouting. Oh, yes, I do. First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, 16, 17, 18. Oh, the devil don't like me because he knows I know where it's at. He knows that I know where it's at. Praise the Lord. God, he said, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. I say to you, God, God shouts. He ain't coming back tiptoeing. He's going to come back and vibrate the whole world. Vibrate. Oh, God, how mercy. Praise God. When he comes, he'll make it thunder. I said it'll thunder. We ought not to wait for that. We ought to make it thunder right here. Glory, glory. Praise God. Oh, God.
double O life. We ought to clap our hands anyhow. Come on, do what you want to. Go ahead. Thank God. Have a good time. Praise God. Praise God. Before this thing's over, if you hadn't cut a little two-step, you ought to cut one before we're over today. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, y'all want to stand up? Feel free. Like that's what I'm having to do. Oh, Jesus. Well, I feel as good as a grown man. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, when this starts moving, something in me comes together. God, let me get out of that world and walk in a church house. I feel things coming together. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't finish the scripture, but I finished it, I guess. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of an archangel, trump of God. Then said the dead in Christ, you're going to ride first. Oh, yeah, but they don't go around us. Because he, he wound up and saying, We that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud. If they get as far as the cloud, as far as they're going, then we get there. Because the church is first. Church is number one. I'm a, I'm a church man, folks. I'm a Jesus man. Man, let me tell you something. Please buckle your seatbelts a moment. If I knew there was a charismatic rib in me, I'd cut it out. Get it out! Because Paul said in Hebrews 7, 14, Follow peace with all men, and holiness without, which no man shall see the Lord. God, have mercy, I feel good. There is nothing less in this than holiness. I mean, holy, holiness is the lowest bottom line. Bottom line, and this is holiness. It didn't say follow all men. It said follow peace with all men. Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Oh, God, if I ever get old, I'll have to change my way of doing it. I have to change my way of doing it. Praise the Lord. I, uh, I say to you, I might as well confess to you and tell you, I have never desired to be the best preacher. I just want to be the oldest. I think so far that's what I am. Lord have mercy. I told my wife a little while back, I said, you ought to appreciate me. I said, you'll never find another like me. She said, I don't want another like either. Oh, Jesus. The able one, J.T. Bass, and thank God for that. Well, I'm not off course too bad. Because the Bible said it, God told the devil, have you considered my servant Job? He said, it's not like him. <laughs> I ain't all too bad. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing. Oh, God. 
But that fella, that, see, uh, here I am. Of course, this is me. This ain't you this time. And if I didn't have my mind on this clock here, it's, all right. Praise God. I believe I heard him say last night, take your watch off. I forgot about that. I can't take this off. I have to take it out. I can't take it off. But anyhow. But I remember this man, when he went all the way through his life, just about, well, 19 chapters. <laughs> I think it's about the 25th verse. Them fellows had walked up in his face and, oh, Lord, had ridiculed him and blamed him and almost looked like called him blasphemous and whatever else. But I'll tell you what he done. He wiggled himself out of that ash bed long enough to rear his head back and he said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And I know he'll stand on the earth in the last day. And he said, even though my skin worm eats this body of mine, yet in my flesh I'll see God. Praise the Lord. Oh God, I've got to watch it now. It's 1032 right now. And I've got to hurry, I've got to hurry. But I said, I got to hurry. <laughs> you only have as good a time as I am. <laughs> Praise the Lord. One of the strangest things in the world that I ever found look like is the fact that uh, putting our mind on what we're doing, when we offer to God, we should have a name. We want to look straight at him as much as we think he's there and whatever you know and the strangest thing in the world is in the second chapter of the book of Jonah <laughs> that man went somewhere that no man never went no man never went where Jonah did no man yet they were somewhere along the third day and the Lord of course had a plan along that line because he spoke of it later but I'm saying that Jonah woke up on that third afternoon, I guess it was, and he said, I will now look towards that holy city in the belly of a fish. What directions would he have down there? About as much as we have today. But somehow or another, he felt like it was this way. And that's where he looked. And that's the way he looked. And he said, I will look now because he said, I'm out of your sight. Well, that's the truth for sure. I'm out of your sight. I will now look to that holy city. Guess what? Well, something started happening there. That fish didn't, <laughs> looks like it. Well, let's get out of that. <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I've got to hurry and I, I have got to hurry, okay. All right, I'm using up my time saying I've got to hurry. Okay. But I remember this man that I call such a man. I said I call Jesus Christ such a man. Because I hear men say, never a man spake like that man. And that's why I call him such a man. He sent John the Baptist a message one time and said, go tell John what you see and what you hear. He said, the blind is receiving their eyes. The deaf are hearing, the dumb is speaking. The lepers are cleansed and the dead are being raised. And he said, blessed is he that's not offended in me. Of course, it was not very long until John had to go on. But that's all right. Jesus Christ stepped in the last truck he made and walked out among the public and said, what went you out to see? <sighs> Just a reed shaken by the wind. But what went you out to see? A man in king's clothing, you find him in king's houses. But what went you out to see? He said, a prophet. He said, yea, more than a prophet. For a man that's born a woman, there is never risen a, a, a greater than John the Baptist. But he said, he that's in the least of the kingdom is greater than John. And that ain't all. And that ain't all he said. 
He said the, net, the men of Nineveh shall rise in his judgment with his generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jordan. Listen to what he said. And a greater than Jordan is here. And then he said the queen of, queen of the south will rise in judgment with his generation and condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And a greater than Solomon is here. I'm talking to you of such a man. It's a fact that everybody cannot serve this great God because they don't believe. They cannot believe him. Who would ever think it came out of his mouth that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like a lily in the valley. I mean, who could believe that, you know? Nothing but good old hard down flat-footed Holy Ghost filled baptized believing apostolic people. Well, brethren, I'm, I don't usually do this here. But you see, I don't know where it's the devil making me do it or what. I don't usually do this. But Trinity sure don't believe it. Well, let me, let me hurry here, really. I want to stop right on a minute, folks. I, I believe in principle. Praise God. I, let me hurry here. Oh. Uh, Would some of y'all say that over and over for me, you know, let me go ahead. We should never let our good get in the way of our best. And folks, the world at its worst needs a church at its best. Oh God, and I'm aware of the fact and I have to confess to you that what I'm fixing to say could hit me as hard as anybody else. We certainly ought to measure twice before we cut once. Well, maybe I said that for a reason further down the line. If I have time, I want to follow this up, what David said in Psalms 141 in the second verse. And that is that, uh, let my prayer go forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. I'd like to follow that up a little bit if I can. In the third chapter of the book of Acts is exactly, now if I got this correct, elders, please correct me if I'm wrong for heaven's sake, sure enough. If it takes that, what is that, 11th easy, uh, 12, was it easy, 12 easy things last night? 13 of them. If it takes all 13 of them, correct me. Because <laughs> I got to go to heaven. Now, what was I fixing to say? Okay. If I got it right, the ninth hour of the day is three o'clock in the evening. Would somebody just help me? Is that right, brethren? Ninth hour in the day is three o'clock in the evening. And then if that be correct, then there were men in this book that actually lived before us that caused us to come to us. I'm sure partially. And I remembered in the third chapter of the book of Acts when Peter and John walked up to that temple that morning and that beautiful gate and that man was still there. That man was still there. But this time they went around the ninth hour. And I'm trying to follow this up and that no doubt it brings us to maybe to me an understanding that there are certain things that we ought to do praise the Lord to get response get something from heaven you know. And I remember that man, as usual, helped that little, little cup out. And Peter and John said, look on us, you know, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. It was the ninth hour, Fred, brethren. Such as I have given out thee in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And folks, he gave you the right hand of fellowship. Because he naturally, he didn't say sign a card and everything's okay. All in the world he's doing is helping him out of that situation so he, could, so, so he could get in the church house and start doing something instead of sitting down all the time. Man, get on your feet, he said. Get on your feet. And he gave, he gave him the right hand of fellowship, looked like, and jerked him up from there. And that man never used that part of his body for a long time. 
because he leaped and shouted and praised God and ran inside the temple, got in a mess of trouble over it. But that's all right. He stayed with the ones that made the trouble. Sure, this church causes trouble. But that's all right. That's all right. The same trouble it's caused, God will take us out of it, you know. I'm trying to think of something. It won't come in. I've got every window and every door open, but it just won't come in. It just won't come in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, y'all done been there too, I can tell. <laughs> Praise God. Well, let's go on then. Just keep going. What did Columbus say? Say alone. Say alone. Had a lot of great famous men in our time. He was one of them. <clears throat> no. <clears throat> Douglas MacArthur was another and he always said I will return but you know the day came he failed but I know another and said he will and he won't fail he ain't fail folks he ain't gonna fail I guess one of the greatest honors that this great America offers is at the tomb of an unknown soldier. I am glad this church knows the unknown. This church only knows the unknown. I don't know of another church on earth that can carry their heritage and all their connections all the way back to the original. Uh, there's two more things that I really want to say and I've got about 42, 45, six, five, five minutes. Five minutes to go, it's 43, 43 after that hour. Right now, <clears throat> I wanted to go to another place in First Kings, uh, the 18th chapter, and it's, it's, it's something that an apostolic preacher should pick it up, you know, and that's why I found it. I found it, folks, I found it. Yes, I did. Oh, yes. And that was where Elijah was standing before them what is it, 850 charismatic? No, I meant false prophets. Oh, Lord. Better stop and drink water on that. Elijah was the only man could stop the rain and start it. And Ahab couldn't do nothing about it. It could. <laughs> That's right. Right. But I noticed that old Elijah was a man of God. He believed in principle and just what pleased and satisfied and made God happy. He gave them the first shot at it. He said, man, listen, give us two bullocks. That's right. And you, you take the first one. You know what he told him? Read it if you don't believe it. He said, take yours and cut it into pieces. He knew that's what he was going to do anyhow. Oh, you didn't get that. That's supposed to have been funny. <laughs> well, that's what he said. If it ain't funny, I will be later. I'll guarantee you. <laughs> he knew that's all them people ever done was cut things to pieces. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So he went ahead and told him, cut yours in pieces. But in the same verse, he said, I'll take the next one and I'll dress it. There's a difference in cutting something to pieces and dressing something. Well, great God have mercy. Lord, I love you folks. Goodness, I'd go to war with y'all. But that's the time that Elijah, if he had a watch, he was still watching it, folks. And I'm, I'm tr trying to tell you something here. He waited until his time. He had a time, folks. We got a time, too. But our time is not time to his time. Our time is all the time. We don't wait on no 3 o'clock in the evening. 
We do it at 9.30 in the morning. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He waited until the time of the offer of the evening sacrifice and he shoved them back. All right, he says, folks, back off. It's my time. And it's my time to quit, too. But anyhow, no, still got three or four minutes. Okay. Oh, I'm going to stop on time. I, I'm going to do what I was told to do. Praise the Lord. He waited until the time that he knew that it was God's time. And when he done it, you know the rest of the story. Folks, one of the most beautiful things in the book that I've ever discovered, never found, is in that book of Matthew, the 27th chapter, 45th and 6th verse. It actually declared that that's the time that Jesus began to, uh, you know, knowing he was leaving out. And he cried aloud and before he said those great words, you know, and all here. And the Bible said it was darkness struck the earth between the sixth and the ninth hour. And I think it's the next verse it said, and about the ninth hour. He did exactly what he uh, required everybody else to do. He didn't come short of all his commands. He did the same thing. At the time of giving his life, he stretched forth his hands. Just like he told David, like David said, lifting up of my hands be his evening sacrifice. He lifted them hands up and they nailed them hands to that cross. As far as I'm concerned, them hands are still up. Still up. And he offered the supreme, the supreme sacrifice by lifting up his hands. There's, there's an art to this thing. There's an art to this thing. I'm going to close. I, I've got y'all uh, uh, y'all run over just a little bit. I did want you to know that I'm not running over. It's y'all that run over. <laughs> so according to the run over, I've got uh, three minutes. All right, here I go. Putting things up. Closed in the Bible. Of course, that don't mean nothing, but close it. <laughs> that don't mean nothing. Oh, I ain't gonna mess around y'all without having a good time. I, I'm not, folks. I'm not tough. I, I'd like to leave this last place in the book. This again is the apostle, the great apostle Paul, in that great revelation he had. I wonder what did the man see? I wonder what did he experience? I noticed that he spoke in Hebrews 12. It is 12 and 18. And the man brought it back up again about, about Mount Sinai. It is amazing to me how he knew what he knew. Well, anyhow, he said, we have not come. This is Hebrews 12 and 18. He said, now I think that, I, I'm, I'm going to put it this way, at least it sounds good. It may not be altogether right, but I think the church has arrived at a certain place in this dispensation of time. And I believe right here is where we're going to find it. And that is Hebrews 12 and 18. Paul said, we have not come to the mount that might be touched. Or it burns with fire or blackness, tempest or darkness, or sound of words and sound of trumpets. But the 22nd verse, he said, but we have come to Mount Zion. Listen to what he said. To the city of the living God. Heavenly Jerusalem. To the innumerable company of angels. To the general assembly, church of the firstborn, names are written in, he written in heaven, and to God the just of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Spirits of just men made perfect. Did you hear that? Matthew 1 and 19 said, Joseph being a just man. So is it a fact you reckon that the church has come to the spirits of just men made perfect? I wonder. Praise the Lord. I'm glad that we're where we're at. We're not on some island stuck out there. We're, we're not a fly by night thing. We're here, folks. We've been here. And the devil might as well make up his mind. We're going to stay here too. In the book of Exodus, I think Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and even Joshua, God spoke to leaders and said, build me six cities.
place them in hand reach of every Israelite that every one of them that uh, if they don't premeditate something they can go in these cities and find a refuge well I've always said that if God made six cities he sure made seven because he said to the church he said you're the salt of the earth a city set on a hill cannot be hid then I'm trying to say in the book of Joshua they were told that they could stay in that city until the high priest died How long can we stay in this one? According to Revelation 1 and 18, Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And how the keys of hell and death, you can stay in you forever. We may have to go through the earth, but we're not leaving too much behind. We're going to carry with us what we got. Other than the flesh, you know, everybody said, praise the Lord. Let's stand, let's worship the Lord.